Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. You don't need to pray that much. You don't need to read that much. You could just calm down. You got things to do. And God does know that you have to provide for your family. You have to survive. That God does know that. But he also knows if you seek him first, he'll provide everything else that you need. Don't let nothing get in the way of you and God. Nothing. It also means to deploy in a hostile array. Very bad things can happen to God's people. They were sawn asunder, they were beheaded, they were naked, they were starving, they were in the cold, they were in the heat. Bad things can happen to our flesh. But when we have Jesus, they cannot cause him to stumble. Nothing can cause him to stumble. Jesus said, arm your minds. Know that the devil will fight you. Know that for sure. But you will win. If we are in the place that we're supposed to be in, we will win. It's impossible for us to lose if we are in the place that we're supposed to be. It also means to unclothe or to plunder. Solomon, Song of Solomon 5, 4 through 7. My beloved put on his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up and opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me, they wounded me, the keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. When we go to Jesus, he said, knock, and the door will be open unto you. But that's what happens. We go and we knock on the door. Jesus, we need your help. And when he's about to open the door, we leave. We got other things to do. The world catches our attention, our, our life catches our attention. Everything else catches our children, our husbands, our wives, our friends, whatever it may be gets our attention and we're no longer praising God anymore. We're no longer reading like we're, we should, should be. We're no longer doing these things and when Jesus opens the door to answer, we're not there. But he loves us so much that he goes and he looks. They knock, I heard, I'm gonna go look because they need me. That's how much he loves us. He gets so excited when we call on him. I mean, his hands just drop down with myrrh. Myrrh is what they use to um, make perfume for the priests. It has a very, very pleasant smell to it. So when he sees us or just hears that we knock on the door, he's ready to answer. He's ready to open. But when he opens, we're not there. That's when you quit fasting, when you quit praying, when you quit reading, when you kind of slack up a little bit. That's when you're not in the place you're supposed to be. You're not at the door anymore. You need to continue to pray without ceasing, which and we talked about ceasing, but to pray every opportunity that you get. To read every opportunity to, that you get. 
and then he will be because what did he have he had all that ready to give to his child and then his child wasn't there he's ready to give us all the spiritual blessings he's ready to give us anything we ask him for but we got to stay there to receive it we can't just ask and then leave we got to ask and then stay and we'll get it he's ready and then he went and he looked for us that's how much he loves us matthew 27 27 to 28 then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put him on a scarlet robe. You know, that was uh, really sad when you're trying to help somebody and they turn on you. When you're doing everything you can for somebody and they turn on you. That's the same thing that we are doing whenever we have an opportunity to spend time with God and we choose something else. We're not where he wants us to be. We're not where we're supposed to be. And all the blessings that we have prayed for and asked for, he's still holding, waiting to give, if we are there. Verse 26 says, And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh and his brethren were content. The word Judah, now this is what I was so excited to tell you guys about. The word Judah, it means praise. Well, when Leah had Judah, she said, I, now I will praise the Lord, and therefore she named him Judah. But it goes a lot deeper than that. Judah is a leader, it's a guide. Everywhere you read in the Bible about Judah, he's either leading the children of Israel, guiding the children of Israel, or making a way for something possible to happen for the children of Israel. That's the name Judah. That's what it means. That's what he does. So Judah, throughout all his, what we read about him, the first encounter, I believe, is this part where he um, says, don't let us kill him. Let us sell him. Judah made a way for him to go to Egypt. He made a way for him to go and get sold because God was using that to preserve life. So Judah is praised, and so then we praise God that Joseph went down there and life was preserved. But in the meantime, it didn't feel that way. According to Joseph, I'm pretty sure, when he's getting beaten by his own brothers and now sold. But Judah means a leader, a guide. Now this is where it gets more interesting. When Joseph is sold and he becomes the governor and there's food in Egypt, then guess who is the one that directs uh, Jacob's face to or Egypt, Judah. He directs them all the way to go live in the land of Goshen. Now check this out. The word Judas is the Greek word for Judah. Jesus said, you 12 disciples have I chosen and one of you is a devil. And that was Judas Iscariot. Judas is also Judah, which means a guide. And Judah was a guide to them to take Christ to the cross where Christ would then die on the cross and preserve life. So when we name our children today, we just name them. But back then, every name had a meaning. So Jesus chose his own person to guide his face to the the priest to go to the cross to die, to preserve our life. Just the same way Judah directed Joseph to go to Egypt to preserve everybody's life. Only... People didn't recognize that when they read the Bible. Part of it is because God didn't let them see what was going on, otherwise they would have never crucified Jesus. 
and then we went to have a chapter. But now we know that when God does something, he don't make a mistake. He had that planned out since day one, including names, times, and everything. Everything is so well organized, so well put together till your life is in very good hands if you leave it with Jesus. I cannot believe Judas Iscariot was the same guide as Judah in the Old Testament. For a long time, I separated the two of them because I thought Old Testament was Old Testament, New Testament was New Testament, but it's not that. The whole Bible is the whole Bible, all of it. And so if God could do it that much, be that well organized, what can he do for our lives today? We don't have nothing to worry about when we got Jesus. We got nothing to worry about. He knows every in and every out and just how to get us there. And sometimes it may not look pleasant, but know that God has a reason for everything that's happening. Joseph knew that. When they put him in prison, when they sold him, whatever they did, Joseph did not lose his integrity because he knew that God had a plan. If we can keep that same mentality today, no matter what goes on in our lives, God has a plan. We won't be so easily to be discouraged or to fall or to slip because we know God has a plan. So whatever I'm going through, it is for a reason. It's part of the plan that God has for me to bring me to a place that will either save lives or at least save my soul. Because when Joseph went down there to Egypt, he saved all of his family's life. And many of the Egyptians, everybody went to him for food. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave everybody a chance to have eternal life. So whatever you go through, it's not for nothing. My bad, Jesus. Maybe next time. God don't do that. It's also used to numb pain. So in Mark 15, 23, at his most painful point of life, he's at the verge to die. He's about ready to call it a day. He, he can't get beat no worse. He's already nailed in his hands and his feet. They already whipped him. They already put the thorns on his head. They already beat him beyond recognition. And he's hanging on the cross. And the devil gives him something as soon as he says, I'm thirsty. The devil gives him wine mingled with myrrh. Something to take away the pain. But Jesus, when he knew what it was, he didn't take it. Sometimes that's not the answer. To make it to the end is where it's all at. If Jesus would have took that sup that they put on the, the hyssop, if he would have drank that, it would have numbed his pain and he wouldn't have been the perfect sacrifice. He would have gave up, but he didn't. The devil used the same word myrrh that Jesus got when he was born. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The devil tries to use the same thing God gives you to hurt you. But know the difference between what God gives you and what the devil's trying to use. No matter how bad it is, in your lowest hour, know that Jesus is there and he knows how to bring you out. He knows what you're going through. No matter what the situation is, he knows what he's going through. And that's when the devil attacks the most, when you are most vulnerable. If you're seeking to get married, watch everyone that passes by you will look nice. If you're trying to fast and pray, everything that you see looks so delicious. Things you don't even like will look good. Say you're gonna fast and wake up in the morning, you got cotton mouth. You need to drink water so bad, and I do, I know I'm not that thirsty. 
That's what the devil does. In Jesus' most vulnerable moment, here, take something to number the pain. Jesus did. And then after he did, then he said, it is finished. He passed his last temptation and it was done. When you, and the reason he did that, I believe, the Bible doesn't say this word for word, but the reason he, I believe he did that is because he knows and wanted to know exactly how you and I feel. At our lowest point, at our hardest times, don't give up. He had to go through it so that he knows how to take you through it. That's the word that um, Sakur, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's S-C-C-O-U-R. And it means that you will know how to guide somebody through something or you'll know how to take them away from it. He says, when you have been strengthened, I'm going to paraphrase this one really big. After you have been through something, then you know how to secure those that are going through it. So Jesus had to go through everything so that he knows how to take us through. So at his most vulnerable hour, when he was tempted, he didn't fall, which gives us that same strength that we won't fall. So when you're vulnerable, no, the devil will fight a lot of times. Don't give in. Don't give in to him. Don't let him trick you like that. Know that everything happens for a reason. God's got you. He already planned it all out. He probably planned that pain for a reason. He probably said, okay, well, they need to go through this. They need to go through this. They have to go through this in order for them to come out right here. So when we go through something, let's not be discouraged. Don't think it's for nothing. Don't think, oh, man, I did all of this and what for what? Look at how long Joseph was in prison. Look at how long he was when he was sold at 17 years old. From 17 to I think he was 30 when he was able to be governor. That's a lot of years to be falsely accused in prison, the slave for absolute, and you didn't do nothing wrong. That's a long time to endure. Let's not give up. Whatever we go through, just know that God got you. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart, to live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you. And may He forever keep you.